It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hello, welcome to Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. Hello. Hello, Carrie, and I'm Larissa. I'm your co-host. <laughs> I know, I'm just trying to like get some, I'm just trying to get energy going. I just came, I came out of the gate really hot. I feel, I feel almost too hot, yeah. right? Yeah, you were, yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> what is going on in your world? What have you been seeing in the news lately that you've been finding interesting? Well, I was pleased to see that the old girl, Ghislaine Maxwell, got 20 years, 20 year sentence, and the judge was not very pleased with her. She said she did not look remorseful. And quite honestly, I wish it were televised, but it wasn't. It was just a drawing, a courtroom drawing. And she really did look like she was like, waiting for, you know, a blooming onion at the Outback Steakhouse or something. She had her arm over the back of her chair, like, oh, hey, uh, is that ready yet? Is it she just looked, she didn't look remorseful. I agree. Judge, judgy. I think it's super, she just acts super entitled, very elitist. And I think the other thing is, I can't believe you heard what they did. They had pictures of naked children in their mansions. They said were art and that was stricken from the record. So she did get a little bit of Benny's, by the way. Oh, a lot of Benny's. And look at the prison she's probably going to go to. It's got, she has a, it has a duvet. Who the fuck gets a duvet in prison? Come on. Former socialite Galen Maxwell, who was convicted for sex trafficking, gave her first interview from prison. She expressed sympathy for her friend Prince Andrew. According to the U.S. Sun, she said, quote, I feel so bad for him. I follow what is happening to him. I consider him a dear friend. I care about him. Mm-hmm. Maxwell is serving 20 years for sex trafficking teenage girls, allegedly helping convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein in his sex ring. Audio from a portion of Maxwell's interview with CBS's Daphne Barak is available. Let's listen to some of that. What do you think you made any mistake or, or just it's just a very bad luck? If you go back, if you look back, where do you think you should have done something different? Meeting uh, Epstein was the greatest mistake of my life. And obviously, if I could go back today, um, I would avoid meeting him. Um, and I would say that that would be the greatest mistake I've ever made. And I would make different choices where I would work, obviously. I mean, it is interesting to hear her express remorse about meeting Epstein, but to still be kind of vocally supportive of Prince Andrew, regardless of what the implications of that relationship are. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Prince Andrew, I probably don't want her to say that. <laughs> I want her to say, who's that? I don't know who that is. Right. I never, well, he's some royal or something. Because the suggestion that she cares deeply about him, that that suggests that they were actually quite close and that he was potentially or possibly involved in what was going on there. Um, So at very least aware. Like if you look at a picture of her supposed what her cell is going to be, it's not a cell. It's a bedroom with a TV. Now, granted, it's cathode ray tube television from maybe circa early 90s, uh, late 80s, but it's still a television. 
So down in, I think it's Alabama. I'm actually looking it up now at Maxwell. I think there's a prison that's adjacent to it right by the golf course. You got to see it. They take team pictures for their softball. Okay. I'm assuming that's it. It's not, it says look inside the Disneyland prison, but it's not showing me any pictures. It's got a video, but it's got a video of her and monster McMonsterstein, Jeffrey. By the way, I will apparently sometime in the near future get future get to Peter Nygaard, but I just don't have it in my soul right now to do that story. So some of the people that have been to this other club med one, it's actually called camp. It's called Montgomery camp. They had Jesse Jackson Jr. Served 29 months there. Uh, Sherman A. Bernard, which was uh, the Louisiana insurance commissioner. He was had extortion of campaign contributions. District of Columbia, Michael Brown. He was a council member. He went there. Another federal judge went there. Indy car driver went there. Special counsel to President Nixon. This is where these people go, is they go to camps. Well, I want to see what it says. Prisons. Uh, have you seen this Danbury prison? Uh, I would drive by it all the time because we lived about 30 minutes from Danbury. I know exactly where it is. But what does it look like inside? Well, I thankfully I've never been inside. Wait, I'm wondering if the photo I saw with the duvet cover was a tacky um, hold a minor hostage room in Jeffrey Epstein's house. I want to see pictures. I need to know more about this. We need to ask our audience if they have pictures inside down here. So there was a guy who was charged. He was a award-winning screenwriter, King mm-hmm. Lardner Jr. He was sentenced in 1950 to one year in Danbury's prison for contempt of Congress after appearing before the House Un-American Activities mm-hmm. Committee in 1947, and he refused to answer questions about possible communist affiliations. Do you remember that yes, time period? I know you've heard about it. The Red Scare and all that. Was it the Red Scare we called it? The McCarthy? We did a, we did a big tribute to Dalton Trumbo. When I was at CU, we had like a presentation and everything to his family and uh, Kirk Douglas was there. He came for a tribute. It was like a group of us students who did a Dalton Trumbo tribute for all the hell that he went through. And Kirk Douglas came. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Wherever there's fear, there's hysteria. Wherever there are people who whip up fear for their own purposes, uh, they will produce the hysteria. And they will, they will try to do it again. The fact that he followed the usual communist line of not responding to questions of the committee is definite proof that he's a member of the Communist Party. Therefore, by unanimous vote, subcommittee recommends to the full committee that Dalton Trumbo decided for contempt of Congress. The committee recommends Appropriate action be taken by the full committee without delay. After the hearings, there was this meeting at the Waldorf. They united on a policy which basically was, we don't believe in a blacklist, but we're not going to employ anyone who has been involved in any way, shape, or form with the Communist Party. We will forthwith discharge or suspend without compensation those in our employ and we will not re-employ any of the ten until such time as he is acquitted or has purged himself of contempt and declares under oath that he is not a communist. You have a scapegoat. You have the communists. There were uh, about 80,000 communists in the country at, at the peak of the party's success. 
You know, they, they weren't as dangerous as the Elks uh, and didn't have nearly as many guns. After the Waldorf Agreement is signed by the various uh, producers and studios and the blacklist is established, my father's position became that he would have to accept the idea that the blacklist existed and operate under the, those conditions, which meant finding work in another way. They lost their jobs. They were uh, persona non grata in Hollywood and they began writing under assumed names. And it was really, you know, contrary to what this country is all about. Yes, I do know about the Red Scare days. Oh, here's ex-con lays out what awaits Ghislaine Maxwell behind bars, scrubbing toilets, maggoty food, and beatings from inmates. What? That's not the Banbury prison I know. Uh, Yeah, that's what somebody wrote on New York Post. There's a whole article on it. Okay, so... I was seeing I was seeing a picture from inside the Epstein con. I've already gotten emails from women who wrote to say that they hear Maxwell be coming this way. They're preparing for her arrival. Mm. Already requesting they don't want her in their dorms. Yeah, she's not going to be the Martha Stewart of this. She's not. She's not getting a welcoming committee. No. The change in plans for Ghislaine Maxwell's time in prison. Good afternoon. I'm Tiffany Kenny, And I'm Mark Kelly. Thank you for joining us for WPBF 25 News at noon. Convicted sex trafficker Ghislaine Maxwell has been transferred to a Florida prison. Terry Parker joining us with the new details on this change. Terry. Ghislaine Maxwell now back in Florida, the place where many of her crimes with Jeffrey Epstein were committed, but this time she is not in a waterfront mansion. Maxwell was just sentenced to 20 years behind bars for her part in grooming young girls to sexually service Jeffrey Epstein and his friends over a 10-year period. Many of those victims sexually abused at Epstein's Palm Beach home and some then flown on his private jet to other states. Now, Maxwell is living in FCI Tallahassee, described by the Bureau of Prisons as a low-security federal correctional institution. There, 60-year-old Maxwell will be expected to wake up at 6 a.m., make her bed, dress in khaki pants and shirt, and maintain a regular job assignment. This was not the prison her attorneys requested. They asked she be placed at the prison in Danbury, Connecticut. And she has filed notice that she intends to appeal her conviction and sentence. An interesting note, the Alcoin director of the Bureau of Prisons was subpoenaed to testify this week before a Senate panel and could face questions about Jeffrey Epstein's suicide in jail. But you know what annoyed me about her when she got up there? She's like, I just hope that this can give you guys some, some closure. Like, she wasn't sorry for them. She's just like, I hope you're happy now that I'm, that I'm here. Fucker. She's like her dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so full of herself. Oh, I know. He was such a shyster. I was I was updating our website about him. He's a big pig. He is. And then, so it just reminded me all over again. He was so mean to people, too. He was so shysty. Yeah, and she t- acts like, well, it was, you know, I just was susceptible. I'm just as much of a victim as you are. I got sucked in. And all because of a difficult, brilliant billionaire, her dad, Robert Maxwell. Well, 
Robert Maxwell was one of the most important and powerful people in British public life in the 70s and 80s. He was a media tycoon, he owned a publishing house, he owned tabloids, various different companies. That we've got to get the mirror newspapers on top. All the way. He made national news almost every day because of his extravagances and his pronouncements. Incredibly powerful and charismatic. Hugely egotistical. He would eat caviar. <laughs> Next question. No, you can't. And people were physically afraid of him. Being with him and around him was always quite tense because, you know, he was demanding and difficult. And so one tended to be not too close if one could avoid it. The governing theory is that her father was a despotic man who was very, like, mercurial and moody, and her entire life was just about trying to get his acceptance. Robert Maxwell was born into a Hasidic family in Czechoslovakia. His name was Jan Ludwig Hock, and he fought in battles across Europe. As a, uh, one of nine children himself that were so poor that they had to share shoes. They all slept in the same rooms. And a good portion of his family was murdered in the Holocaust. By the time he was 23, he'd changed his name four times. He fixed on Robert Maxwell because it sounded faintly Scottish, which he quite liked. Five minutes to midnight before the offer went out to withdraw. You know how Americans love that British accent? He had a really nice upper crush British accent, which is funny because he's from Czechoslovakia. There's no problem about... He picks up from a very, very well-educated British Army officer during the war the accent he ends up with. And so he sounds incredibly posh. I know that we shared an article about Miss Meghan Markle. What do you think? You think she's, I called this, by the way. You did. Like almost you a did. year ago that she was going into politics. But what do we think? So you, you totally called it. You called it about the, about the politics. I agree. I agree with you. I also think that it's very suspicious. Some of the stories that have been planted about Prince Charles having this emotional meeting of Lilibet about how the, they got permission from the queen to call her Elizabeth. But then somebody else said, uh, no, you said Elizabeth, not Lilibet, which is what took the queen back. And I think it's definitely very, very shady for them to change the HR policy and not release the results of her, oh. of her inquiry on her bullying. Yeah, I think that is very shady. Harry and Meghan's royal cover-up mm. is Buckingham Palace bearing its bullying investigation. Welcome to Entertainment Tonight. Yeah, Duchess Meghan came under fire during last year's official inquiry, which was never released. But now, could the results be hidden from the public forever? The Queen doesn't want any more drama. She just doesn't want to have any more dirty linen aired in public. Did you make Kate cry? No. The reverse happened. These allegations of bullying were incredibly inflammatory at the time. The initial 2018 bullying report was startling. It claimed that Meghan, quote, drove two personal assistants out of the household and was undermining the confidence of a third staff member. Meghan denied the allegations, calling the story a calculated smear campaign. 
The PAL has launched an investigation. The findings? Those are apparently top secret to, quote, protect the privacy of those who took part and to limit tensions between the Sussexes and the palace. I'm suspecting she might run for mayor of Montecito first. No, joking. But like, what would her stepping stone? She's not just going to burst out and go for president in another six years. She's going to. I think Congress, maybe. Or, or like assemblyman of the state. I don't know. I just hate to see this happen. I just don't think they're as relevant or as popular as they were before. Yeah. That boat lost it. They just had too many irons in the fire. They had no But she direction. doesn't realize that politics can make you even less popular. Like she thinks it's bad now. <laughs> yeah. It just, if she makes a bad decision, it's kind of inconsequential, doesn't affect you. If you're a politician yep. and you make bad decisions, you are going to be smeared and spread all over the media. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out Miss deeds and intrigue podcast.com but we don't have a complaints department just to give you a little heads up the podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast the information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.